Tonight we're going to be talking about the operation of faith once again. Last week we started with uh, talking about hearing the word. And to do, just to do a small review, uh, that's where faith begins, is in the word of God. Because the word of God is uh, the foundation for your faith. It is the revealed will of God. And it's impossible to have faith if you don't know what God's will is. When you don't know God's will, all you can pray is, if it be thy will. But God's word has somebody, I can't remember exactly what the number is. Some people say it's over 2,000. Some people say it's 4,000 promises in the Bible. The word of God has thousands of promises in it. And the Bible says in the book of Corinthians that the promises of God are yes and amen. Amen? Y'all have heard that before, right? They're, they're for us. God, all we got to do is learn how to believe God and get uh, the treasures from heaven to earth. How do we get the treasures from heaven to earth? By one operation, the operation of faith. We have to have faith. And your faith begins with the Word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's how you're going to get faith. If you talk about, I've got this mountain moving faith, and you ain't spent an hour uh, in the Word of God, if you ain't spent no time in God's Word ever, it's impossible for you to have faith because Faith begins when you hear the spoken word of God. I told y'all last week, the word faith is mentioned 231 times throughout the whole Bible, the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the word faith is only mentioned twice. The word faith is found two times in the, whole, in the Old Testament, two times. The other 229 times, it's found in the New Testament. So you wonder, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, that's called, known as the heroes of faith because it talks about, it's, it's the faith chapter, how everybody accomplished something and they did it by faith. It starts with uh, Enoch, he walked with God. By faith, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. He pleased God, he had a testimony. He pleased God. How did Enoch do it? By faith. The Bible said by faith. Noah, he, he warned the, the world that judgment was coming, that a flood was coming, and he built an ark because God told him to. He did that by faith. How did Noah know how to build the ark? Because God spoke. See, when you read about all Abraham, Noah, Elijah, all David, Daniel, and all them that did great exploits for God. The Bible says in Hebrews they all did it by faith. But how? They didn't have a Bible like we have. How did they have faith? They got it by hearing God speak. God spoke to Daniel. God spoke to Noah. God spoke to Abraham. Leave your own country. So when you hear God speak, that's where faith begins. Amen? And we have the Bible, the Word of God. And that is God speaking to us. We have His Word in our hands. 
When we read it, God is speaking. God is speaking. God is speaking. Amen? Do y'all believe that that Bible is holy? Do you believe it's God's Word? Do you, do you put a lot of emphasis on the power that's in that book? The Bible says the Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God is never dead, never dry. It's always alive. It's always speaking. It may be hundreds and thousands of years old, but God's Word is still active and alive today as it was when He spoke to Noah. And when he spoke to Abraham, his word is still alive. So, number one, you got to hear the word. If you're going to ever have faith, and you want to build your faith, you want to increase your faith, increase your time in the word of God. Because when you increase your time in the word, you're going to find something supernaturally happening. Because God's word is supernatural. And it can change, it, it may be a fact that you're going through something. It may be a fact that you have cancer. It may be a fact you have leukemia. It may be a fact you're going broke. But listen, the truth oversees the facts. Truth. God's word is truth. And God's truth, whenever you stand in it in faith, can change the facts of an x-ray. It can change the facts on a piece of paper saying, ain't no way you're going to make it out of this. The truth can change it. But you got to have faith. Yes, ma'am. He told Noah to build an ark to save his family. I believe today he's telling us to build an ark of the word of God. Amen. Amen, Sister Louise. The word is the anchor. It's the foundation. It holds up our faith. This floor is holding me up today. There's something underneath me that's holding me up. There's concrete up under this carpet. It's solid. The word of God is the, the foundation for what you're believing for. You have to start off with the Word of God. You can't, you can't go to these other, other four steps and skip one. That's where you start with. That's where your faith begins. Uh, so, hear the Word continually. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. The more you hear, the more faith going to come into your spirit, man. The word is faith food. It feeds your spirit, man. Your spirit, man, is where your faith comes from. Not your intellect. In here, your faith supernaturally comes from here. The Bible said, believe in your heart. Your heart is represents your spirit man in the scriptures. So number two. Y'all ready for number two? Yeah. I spent a lot of time with this one overseas, man. I mean, Brother Kenny's like, you ain't never going to get off point one. You ain't never going to get off point one. Mm -hmm. I'm in Uganda. I'm in Cambodia. I'm in Thailand, wherever. I'm like, well, I got it. If, I don't get, if they don't get this, they ain't going to get the rest of this. So you got to make sure that you get you got to know where your faith begins. It begins with the Word of God. God is responsible for what He said. He's looking over what He said. He'll do what He said. Step number two, after you hear the Word, there is uh, you have a choice to make. 
after you hear the word. You can have a choice whether you believe it or you don't believe it. This is big. Believe the word. Step number two. After you hear the word, you got to believe the word of God. It ought to be able to believe God. This shouldn't be a hard thing to ask his children to believe in our God who had never lied. And it's impossible for him to lie. Amen. How much faith does it take to believe in, a, in somebody that ain't never lied? That should become easy. You know, if you ever you got a good friend, somebody uh, that you really have confidence in, you got confidence in them because they've told you over and over what they would do, and they always stand behind it and they do it, and you build up confidence in them because you know if this guy tells me something, he's gonna do it. Y'all know people like that. Y'all also know people that tell you something and not do it, right? They tell you, oh yeah, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to show up on this day. Don't show up. You know how much confidence you have in him? None. But our God, if he said it, somebody look up uh, Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Okay. I want them to find it too, Cole. Yeah, I want I want Joey doing all y'all homework for y'all. That's one thing that we have a problem with in church. Nobody knows where the scriptures are. Because we show it here, which is good. But we also have Google doing all our homework. Right? We have the, we have our phone. Our phone can find number 23 verse 19 for me. That's so easy. But how can, can you find it in your Bible? How long does it take you to find it in your Bible? Whenever you're very familiar with your Bible, you can flip, you can find numbers. You know about where it's at. It's back there, it's around Exodus. It's in front of Deuteronomy. It's in there, in between there somewhere. I know if I flip, I'll see numbers. Praise God. Here it is. God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? In other words, what God is saying here, this word is saying, if God says it, he'll do it. Amen? Amen. That right there has brings, brings up the question, has he said it, and will he not do it? That's, that's like, like, that's impossible. If he said it, it's impossible for him to lie. He cannot lie. Therefore, if he said it, he's going to do it. That should be easy for us to believe. But people struggle with believing. You know why? Because they're looking at everything else besides the Word. They're looking at their situation. They're looking at their circumstances. They're looking at their body. Whatever you're looking at, hallelujah. The only thing that really matters if you're going to have faith Faith is you got to look at the Word. That's the only thing that matters. Don't look around. Don't look elsewhere. What did God say? That's the bottom line. I don't want to hear nothing else. That's the way I am. I mean, I'm, I'm super... Uh, some people say, 
They say, you, you ain't even walking on the earth. No, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, this is how heaven works. You can't think earthly and get prayers answered. You got to get up in the heavens. You got to get kingdom minded. You got to get Jesus minded. You got to get Christ minded. And you can't look at the circumstances because they, they, even though they may be true, you can't believe them. That's temporary. Truth will change the facts if you will believe it. Believe in the word. God is not a man that he should lie. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 23. We're going to talk about believing tonight, okay? How important it is to believe. You have to activate your faith by believing it. You can hear the word all day long. Don't mean a thing if you don't believe it. Do y'all hear me? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Louise. You can hear the word and hear the word and hear the word, but unless you activate your faith and go to step two, believe the word, you're still at ground zero. And I'm going to show you scriptures for that. Mark 9, 23 says, All things are possible to those who believe. What? All things? Whatever you can think of, whatever the situation fits in all. If you can believe, it's possible with our God. Amen. Amen? If you can believe. If it don't happen, it ain't got nothing to do with it. God lost his power. That's right. God ain't lost no, no power. He ain't having a bad day. <laughs> he didn't get out of bed this morning. No. God's all-powerful all the time. Almighty. His word is always true. He's always looking over his word to perform it. The problem is, do we believe it? And listen, this is why you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, because I hear people all the time making statements like, yeah, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I, I, I got faith. I got faith. I'm like, ooh, hallelujah. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Uh, but then when I hear them talk, just like the conversation you had on the phone, there's a problem with that faith. There's a problem because you hear them talking. When I hear them talking, I can tell you whether or not they are believing or not. Amen. What they believe, because at the abundance of the mouth, the mouth will speak. Your mouth will tell on you. Can I have one amen? Amen. Your mouth. The mouth and speaking, two and, numbers two and three, and the operation of faith go hand in hand. It's like left hand and right hand working together. I can tell what you believe in or what you're speaking. All things are possible. In your line of faith, do you believe that? Yes. So whenever you get hit with something, how does that affect you? You get hit with something. We all get hit with, with things. We, we respond by faith. We respond by, hey, I need, I need to find me a promise. If I'm sick, I need to find the promise of God where God said it is his will to heal me. I need to find the word. I need to go to the word. That's step number one. Step number two, I need to believe the word. After I believe the word, I need to start speaking what the word says over my life. 
So when I get hit, I'm going straight to the Word. What did God say? I know what the doctor just said. That ain't what I'm putting my faith in. I'm putting my faith in what God said. Because I want God to change what the doctor said he found. It ain't that the doctor didn't find something. But I ain't putting my faith in dying. I'm putting my faith in living. How am I going to change that report? I got to have to stand on the word. Stand on the word. Ain't nothing too hard for the Lord. All things are possible if I can believe. The doctor said, it's impossible. Ain't, no, ain't nothing I can do for you. But that's okay, doctor. But okay, I'm going to my God. Ain't nothing too hard for him. He said in his word, Mark 9, 23, all things are possible if I can believe. I'm fixing to, I'm fixing to start believing. Amen. Yes. Amen? Believing, believing, believing. Romans 10, 14. I think Miss Louisa spoke this a while ago. How shall they believe if they have not heard? Romans 10, 14. How shall they believe in whom they have not heard. How will the world know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross and rose from the dead if somebody don't go tell them? Amen. How shall they believe in whom they have not heard? Your believing always goes back to hearing the word. Believe. Here's the problem we have in churches. We have different denominations that believe differently. That's where we get divided. We're divided because we don't all believe the same thing. I'm not against denominations. I'm not for denominations. We are non-denominational. But that don't make us the king of the hill because we're non-denominational it just means that on our sign it has some letters underneath the, the church name that says full gospel some people say what is full gospel I say full gospel means I believe the word of God from Genesis to Revelation that's what full gospel means if God said it I'm in line with it I'm alright with it I may not understand it. I may not get fitted in my mind. But if God said it, I don't, I'm agreeing with him. Amen. I'm agreeing with God. The problem we have, we got Baptist part of a denomination. We got Methodists. We got Catholics. We got Lutherans. We got Presbyterians. We got... I can't even say that one. Episcopalians. Uh, we got many, many more besides that. We got Pentecostals. We throw them in there. Denominations. But here's the thing. The Baptists believe a, li a little bit of this. The Methodists believe a little bit of this. In the Word. Y'all with me? The Catholics believe in this. And they got their own other Bible to go along with the Scriptures that the Pope's added. Lord have mercy. 
uh, we got the Pentecostals, and sometimes they can be they can get arrogant because they think, well, we believe it all, we got it all, and we the only ones got it right. There ain't but one that's right. And the one that's right is the one that believes the word. Amen. All of us, regardless of what denomination we come from, we should all be able to believe the word. But we don't because different denominations have different beliefs in their statement of beliefs. Our core beliefs, core belief would be, I believe Jesus died on the cross. If you don't believe in that, we ain't got no agreement. <laughs> Amen? I don't care what kind of denomination you are. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe he rose from the dead. Amen. Well, that should be a central agreement. But when it comes to other matters, such as laying hands on the sick, we don't all agree on that. But the Bible's clear about it. Amen. The Bible's clear about it. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Uh, some, some believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their church and the, being filled with the Holy Spirit with evidence of tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of tongues to operate in some churches, they'll shut you down. You try to speak, give a gift, a, a tongue in a church for the whole congregation and they'll escort you out the door. They'll ask you not to come back again. And if you go to their church and you start preaching something they don't believe in, they will never invite you back again. Why? Because they don't believe. Everybody don't believe the same thing. That's why it's so important that if we ever going to be unified in the body of Christ, we're going to have to learn to believe what the Word says. I want to believe what God said, not argue. I'm not going to say, well, God used to do that, but he don't do it no more. I'm going to tear that page out. Yeah, exactly. There was a preacher came to a little boy one, one Sunday after church, and he picked up the little boy's Bible, and he, and he started looking through it and found out the little boy's Bible was real, real thin. So he said to the little boy, little boy, I'm looking at your Bible, your Bible, you got a lot of pages in your Bible tore out. Why is all these pages in your Bible tore out? And the little boy said, well, when you was preaching one Sunday and, and the next Sunday and the next Sunday, whenever you said, well, this ain't for the day, he said, I just tore that page out. This ain't for the day, he tore that page out. That's why my Bible's so thin because you said ain't none of it for the day. That's the problem. We got a problem in the church, in the church world, because we don't all believe the word of God. Y'all hear me out there? Who's right? This is. Amen. I should be able to show anybody, any pastor, from any denomination, what the word says. And if it says it in the word, we should agree with it because it's in the word. Don't take me to your denominational belief statement. This is what we believe. I, this is it. This is the blueprint. Amen. This is the foundation. If a house ain't built on a good foundation, it's going to sink. It's going to fall. Right. You want to build up a strong Christian? 
You don't tell them it was for yesterday. You tell them this book is alive and active and powerful and it's good for today. It is the daily bread. Amen? Man. Whenever, if you sick, man, be careful who's coming in your room praying for you. Some people will come in and have you dead in 30 minutes. <laughs> Ain't got a lick of faith. I want somebody to come and visit me whenever they pray for me. They've got some faith that's coming in. I know what God's word said, brother. We're fixing to believe God's word here today. I'm fixing to encourage you. When I leave your room, I want you. You may be half dead when I walk in there, but when I leave, I'm going to spark some faith in you. Amen. That's why I'm there, to look you in your eye and spark the faith of God inside of you, to tell you you're going to live and not die. Because everybody else be coming in here talking about you only got so many days left. And when I'm coming in there, I'm saying, you're going to live. Do you hear me? Look me in my eyes. You're going to live and not die. You want to live? Let's start believing together. Believe. Believe the word. I've got to believe. Uh, let me go ahead and cover this while I'm thinking about it. There's a dangerous doctrine in the atmosphere right now. It's, it's, it's traveling throughout all nations. It's called the gospel of inclusion. Let me tell y'all something. The apostle Paul said, if anybody come preaching to you any other Jesus or any other gospel, then what I have preached to you, he said, don't even allow them in your house and let them be accursed. Listen, this gospel of inclusion is called universalism. Listen. When y'all hear this word now, it's out there on the news. It's called inclusion. 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 What they're saying is God accepts everybody. God died for everybody. Listen, if you want to be saved, you got to conform to his word. You ain't included just because you were born on the earth. Amen? You, the Bible, even the, the gospel of inclusion. This is dangerous now, y'all. This is what the Bible calls doctrines of demons. That's right. Y'all hear me out there. They even say you don't have to believe in the gospel of inclusion. You don't have to believe. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood. And he rose, on the, he rose from the dead on the third day. And he died for the entire world. Everybody, when they die, going to heaven. That's the gospel of inclusion. It don't matter if you're Muslim. It don't matter if you're Hindu. It don't matter if you're Buddhist. It don't matter if you're homosexual. It don't matter what you are and what you've done. He's already died. He's already paid the price. And you're going to heaven. That is false. The Bible says you have to believe to be saved. They say you don't even have to believe. Then what's the point? <clears throat> Don't know. But people run into it because I'm accepted here. I'm accepted here. I'm accepted. What do you do with the scripture in, in the book of Corinthians? First Corinthians, I think it's chapter 7. It said, uh, it may be 2 Corinthians. I'd have to look it up. But it said, come out from among them and be ye separate. 
Touch not the unclean thing, and I will be your God. Listen, you've got to take the whole Bible and balance it. Just because God is love, don't mean he ain't a God of judgment too. Amen. He is. He loves, but don't throw love out of balance. Because he's going to judge the world. And he's going to judge the church too. Amen. Amen. If that were the case, then there would be no, there would be no change. There would be no reason for anyone to change. There would be no reason yeah, for anyone to do better. With, with, that, no with that belief, there's no reason for it. There's no reason to even travel and preach the gospel to the world. No. Everybody's already saved. Mm -hmm. Listen, that's the doctrines of demons. Y'all hear me out there? That's doctrines of demons. I tell them this in Uganda. I tell this in Kenya. I tell them in Cambodia. I tell them wherever I go because yeah. it's going there. Packing the churches. <coughs> hmm? Packing the churches out too. Packing it out. Oh, yeah. yeah gospel of inclusion. Yeah. Gospel of inclusion. And they, listen. There's a lot of Christians out there going for this inclusion deal. Yes, God includes them all. Listen, I ain't against nobody. I ain't against nobody. God can save anybody and everybody. Amen. But they have to conform to the word. That's right. Amen. Amen. You have to believe it. The reason I brought this up was because they say you don't have to believe. You're just already going. That's nonsense. The Bible says in John 3, 16, and throughout the whole New Testament, whosoever believes shall be saved. Whosoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever <coughs> believes shall have everlasting life. You have to activate your faith in what's been done. You have to believe it. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If you ever want to lead somebody to Jesus, these are the two scriptures you need to know. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse 10. If you're ever looking for the correct way, if somebody needs to get saved on a hospital bed and you don't know what to do, I like to do things scripturally. The right way. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth unto salvation, you got to believe. That is what, and, and verse 8 says, this is known as the word of faith. The word of faith is believing and confessing. Believing and speaking. That is the word of faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 is known as the word of faith. Y'all see it there? And the word of faith goes on down to verse 9 and 10. You believe in your heart. This is with your spirit. You don't believe with your head. Listen, everybody that does, y'all look at me now, in church, I'm not picking on nobody, but every time we preach and people go, they have mentally assented what you said is true. But that don't mean they've got it down in their heart yet. You've got to get this word in your heart. When you get it in your heart, it's hard for the devil to steal it. If, you, if somebody can talk you into something mentally, they can also maybe talk you out of it. 
But if you get it in your heart, it's hard for the devil to steal it. That's why the Bible says when a man believes in Jesus, he got to believe in your heart. Your heart is your spirit. How important is the resurrection? That he had raised him from the dead. You got to believe that. If you don't believe that, you ain't saved. For with the heart, one believes. You got to believe. There ain't no such thing as I'm a Christian, but I don't know what I believe. You got to know what you believe. If I ask you, are you born again? And you say, yeah, Pastor, I'm born again. Well, tell me how you got born again. What do you believe? And they look at you and say, well, I got baptized in Lake Oconee. That ain't that ain't, the, that ain't the whole truth. Getting baptized in Lake Oconee don't get you saved. Not one bit. What do you get saved? You got to believe in your heart that, God, that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. The Bible says in verse 13, Romans 10, 13, Whosoever believeth shall be saved. Believe, believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. When the word of God is preached, you gotta believe it. Why do you think whenever, you know, you can preach on different subjects in the Bible? There's different topics. There's there's I can preach on a salvation message in Cambodia. I can preach a salvation message here in in in, in uh in America. Listen, when you preach and, and Billy Graham preached in front of thousands and thousands and Ron Hart Bunkies preached before millions and millions of people. Listen, everybody that they preached to didn't get saved. You know why? Because all of them didn't believe it. When you preach on salvation and you say, okay, I have told you the truth today. Now it's your choice to make, it's your time to make a decision. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead? If you do, get out of your seat, walk down to this altar. And, and, and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you shall be saved. Some of them get out of their seat and they walk. Some of them don't. Some that don't, you know what that tells me? They didn't believe what you said. Same thing with healing. I preach Jesus Christ died on the cross. By his stripes you're healed. Jesus Christ, it's his will to heal you. If you'd like to be healed today, if you're sick, come up here and we're going to lay hands on you and you can be healed. And guess what? In America, everybody looks at you. There ain't nobody moving. There ain't nobody moving. Monday morning, they got a doctor's appointment. Guess what? They getting ready. They get in their car. They drive to the doctor for a doctor's appointment. Why didn't they come for healing when the, when the man of God said, Jesus Christ can heal you? You know why they didn't? Because they didn't believe it. That's right. Their actions tell you what they believe. Y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Amen. Man, it's like pulling teeth whenever you try to get people in America to come to the altar. I've been at, I mean, this church, other churches, I preach at. Man, I mean, the, the anointing, the same message that you preach overseas, people be running to the altar, get back to America, preach the same message, same Holy Spirit anointing on it, and give them the opportunity, and ain't no movement. You got to give five altar calls to get one person. 
Anybody coming today? Really, it tells you what they believe. Y'all hear me? I know this is stiff, but that's just plain and that's the way it is. Everybody that hears the word do not believe what they heard. Now, let's go quickly to the opposite of believing is unbelief. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Let me go ahead and say this while you're looking for that. You have to believe to be saved, healed, or delivered. You have to be, you have to have, you have to believe to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You gotta believe. Whatever you don't believe in this Bible, you don't get. Y'all understand? If you don't believe it, you don't get it. Period. You have to believe it to receive it. The Bible says in Mark 11, 24, it's talking about speaking to the mountain. I'm moving fast, y'all. Mark 11, 24 talks about speaking to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. And then in verse 24 it says, when you pray, believe. Believe when you pray. If you're going to spend time in praying, you might as well spend some time believing. Amen. You know how many people pray but ain't believing nothing? How do I know that? Because I can hear them crying out here at the altar, and by the time I get to the parking lot and I'm talking to them, they talk in unbelief. They talking about what God ain't done, can't do, how sick they are, how long it's been, this, that, and other, but they're down here praying for God to do something for them. You, your mouth and your belief have to line up together. You can't get down here and pray for a new job and get out there and tell everybody you can't find a job. You can't get down here and pray for God to heal you, believe God to heal you, and get hands laid on you, and then go out there and tell everybody how sick you are and, you're gonna, and the doctor said you're never going to get well. Them two things don't line up. See, what happens is whenever you pray that way, but you don't believe and you speak contrary, you're canceling your prayers. You're canceling them. They don't get no higher than the ceiling. Don't understand. Amen. And people think they're in faith. That's why they don't get their prayers answered. And they quit praying because they don't see any change in their prayer life. Therefore, they lose confidence in their prayer life. But the whole time, they weren't in the operation of faith at all. They were still talking unbelief. Unbelief, you will always get what you, if you don't believe, you ain't getting nothing. In other words, Hebrews 3.19, who's got that? Miss Joy, you got that one? Throw that one up there. Talk about the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt. God told them there was a promised land. Bible said, So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Unbelief. You know why they didn't ever make it to the promised land? The first group. Everybody that came out of Egypt, all of them died in the wilderness except those that were 20 years old and younger. The ones that were 20 years old and younger Joshua took them across the river into the promised land. The first generation that came out of Egypt, 
They all died in the wilderness. And the Bible said they died because of unbelief. Don't tell me unbelief won't mess you up. It'll steal your dreams. It'll steal your blessings. It'll rob you blind. What you don't believe, you cannot have. When God said, you can go in there and take that land, and, and Moses sent 12 spies into that land, and it, when they came back, 10 leaders came back. Leaders. This is how bad, if you got a bad leader, it can mess you up bad. A bad leader will, will preach unbelief and a bad report, and all the people will believe the bad report. The ten spies came back, and they told Moses, it's just like God said, but we can't go in there and get it because there's giants in the land. We ain't big enough to get it. We can't take them. The people are big. They bad. They more than us. We can't do it. And the whole three million believed the ten bad leaders, but they were but two of them that had faith. Joshua and Caleb said, Caleb spoke up and said, we are well able because God said that was our land, we well able to go in there and defeat them and take that land. But you know who the congregation listened to? The ten. The ten negative ones. And guess what? They died in the wilderness because of them ten leaders spread that negative mess, unbelief, all the people and all the people believe the ten negatives. You better hope you've got to get you a leader that has some faith. Yes. And whenever they have faith, they're going to tell you like it is strong. Because sometimes you need <laughs> you better get there. You know, you're talking to your children, sometimes you have to take the talk turn to them. Oh, baby, it's going to be all right tomorrow. School. No, that guy messing with you tomorrow, remember there's a red dot on his nose, and you hit him on that red dot. Don't let him take your candy tomorrow. He ain't taking your lunch money tomorrow. You stand up for yourself. You hear me, son? And my son did. What I'm trying to say is the devil will rob you blind. You can't pat him on, on the hand like this and say, it's okay. You can have my lunch money if you want it. You can have the promised land if you want it. We can't go in there and get it. No. God said, I, all things are possible if I can't believe. I believe what God said. He said, I can have that land. I'm going in there. They might be 10 million. And I'm by myself. But God said, go. And God said, go. Guess what? Yeah. You'll win. Okay, now look at uh, <laughs> Hebrews 4.2. Hebrews 4.2. Bart, I love you, son. Let's go. Hebrews 4.2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. <clears throat> Amen now. It did, it did not profit them not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. They heard the word, but they didn't mix it with faith. Therefore, unbelief stole their promises. 
that's what messed them up. That messed them up. And guess what? If it messed them up, guess what? It'll mess you up. When you hear the word, you got to mix it with faith. You got to believe it. If you don't believe it, don't worry about it. You ain't getting it. It's just that simple. And people blame it on God. God didn't want to give that to me. No, it ain't that God didn't want to give that to you. The Bible says that he's given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, God give it to you. He's given you the key to the kingdom of heaven. My goodness, if we just learn how to live by faith. The problem is, everybody says they know what faith is, don't know what faith is. That's the problem. And the reason our church is in a mess is because we all believe something different. How can two walk together unless they agree? Well, okay, I'm going to give you a testimony now. Then I'm going to finish. Closing up. Um, one day I got a phone call here in Madison. A lady called me. And she said, I'm very sick. Would you come pray for me? Word gets out what we believe here at this church. When my brother was looking for a church, where the gifts of the Holy Spirit was flowing and the Holy Spirit was moving and the gifts and operation, the churches in, in this county said, you looking for harvest time. They know what we believe down here. They said, we don't believe that way, but the church you're looking for is at harvest time. Is that right, brother? Okay. That's how he landed here. Word gets out how we believe. We cast out devils here at this church. I've had people from other denominations come to call me to cast out demons. And I'll ask them, why don't you tell your pastor about it? He don't believe. Goodness. But we know this is a demon. We ain't got no, had no rocket science to know this is a demon. I said, well, okay, I'll try, I'll, 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 I'll help you. But I first want you to know your pastor should know about it. But he don't believe. He thinks we're crazy. See, I told you everybody don't believe the lady called and said, I'm very sick. Would you pray for me? I said, yes, I'd be glad to. That was my answer. I believe in laying hands on the sick because that's what the Bible said. I don't need to pray about it. I don't need to fast about it. I don't need to call 300 other people and say, do you think it's okay that I go to pray for the sick? If you're a believer and somebody called for you to go pray for them, there's nothing to do but stand on the word. The Bible said the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Bible said, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So when they call, by faith, you don't have to have goosebumps, you don't have to have a, a writing on the wall, because of what Mark chapter six, six, uh, 16 said, lay hands on the sick, that's why you go. So I said, I'm, I'm coming. Before I went, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Stacy, he knows my name. He said, I want you to take your anointing oil with you. And I want you to pray for that lady. I want you to anoint her with oil. First of all, if it's of the Holy Ghost, it's got to be scriptural. So, James chapter 5, uh, I think it's verse 12. Oh, that. James. No, that one right there, 15. Wait a minute. Got to back it up because I got to get the oil in. 
anoint the sick with oil. James chapter 5, 14, there it is. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the next one. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he committed any sin, he will be forgiven. So that's my scriptures. The Holy Spirit said, take the oil. I said, okay, I'm going to take the oil. I go over, and I'm talking. The lady's laying down. She's very sick. And after I talked for a little while, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to pray for you now. And I reached in my pocket. And I had a little bottle of oil. And I unscrewed the cap. And I started to pour the oil on my hand. And she screamed. What are you doing? I didn't know she was, had that much strength to holler that loud. What are you doing? I said, I said, uh, I'm going to anoint you with oil. The Holy Spirit told me when I come over here to anoint you with oil. She said, oh no, I don't believe in that. I said, what you mean you don't believe in that? I said, it's in the Bible. I opened it up, show it to her, read it to her. She said, I don't care what it says. I don't believe it. My pastor told me to never let nobody know me with oil. Ooh. Why didn't you call the pastor? <laughs> this is the unbelief. Standing there, it felt like a donkey kicked me in my stomach. Y'all know what a donkey feels like? Kicking you in your stomach? Just imagine. It's a lot of force. It made me sick to my stomach when she said that. And I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what is that that I just got hit with? Because I just got came up under a spiritual attack. And I, didn't, I ain't never had it happen before. And I said, Holy Spirit, what was that? He said, son, that's the spirit of unbelief. And it made me sick to my stomach. Because I went in faith under the directions of the Holy Spirit to anoint her with oil. And she said, I ain't having nothing to do with it. I don't care what the book says. I don't care what the word said. You can't do that to me. In three weeks, left here. I believe with all my heart that the Lord was going to heal her. But he was going to do it the way he wanted to do it. And that was anoint her with oil. And she said, my pastor. That's why I told y'all. You better find somebody you can follow that's going to tell you what the word says. She had more faith in what that denomination said and that pastor said than what the Word of God said when I showed it to her and she died because of it. She died just like the children of Israel because of unbelief. Unbelief will rob you blind. When the Word is preached, you have to mix it with faith and when you get an opportunity, you move. If the preacher said, I'll pray for you today and if you see it, you should be moving. Shouldn't be, have to be. Come on, come on back there. Where you at now? I know you're sick. No. By faith, you should be moving. I seen uh, Apostle Merck here one time. And she said, There's someone here that's got a liver disease. And the Lord's going to heal you. Right where Louise is sitting. My brother Lemuel, <coughs> missionary buddy, he had hepatitis C. His eye was already turning yellow from uh, liver disease. When she, when she had that word of knowledge, 
he jumped up out of his seat and he ran up here. And when she, he ran up here, she took her fist from, from right here and hit him. Boom! I don't know if any of y'all remember that. When she hit him, he hit the floor. When he came up, listen, he went back to the doctor. All hepatitis C and all that was gone. His eye turned back wide. His strength came back. He began to gain weight again. But you know what? Whenever he heard the word, he mixed it with faith, and he jumped up, took off, and said, that's mine. And guess what? Jesus seen it, and he got healed. Too many people in America, you got to beg them to come to the altar. You got to beg them to move. You need something. Go, man. You got to, by faith, God looks at faith. When you move, when you don't move, he sees what you believe. Anyhow, believe him is a big deal. Watch out for the doctors and demons that tell you you don't have to believe. Whatever you don't believe in here, you'll never get. What you believe in this book, you can have. If you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can get it. You believe in healing, you can get it. You believe in deliverance, you can get it. You believe Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, and you believe he's coming back one day, he's coming. He's coming whether you believe it or not. But it's all true. This word is true. Everything, faith begins with this book, the Word of God. And if you're watching us today, praise God. I hope that it blessed you. I hope your faith was increased. We encourage you to continue to read the Word of God and believe everything that's written in it. Eat the whole book. Hallelujah. If you need salvation, Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead. If you will believe in him with your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Jesus needs you if you need deliverance. Jesus Christ died to set every captive free, every alcoholic, every drug addict, every homosexual, every demon in hell. If you are bound by anything, Jesus can set you free. Run to Jesus. He's the answer. He's the Christ. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Hallelujah.